0: Hi guys, this is Tom. Love your show. Hey, I was out in Death Valley not too long ago shooting some landscape shots, some sand dune shots with my iPhone Pro, iPhone 13 Pro Max, and my DSLR. The best shot I got by far and away was with the iPhone. Kind of surprising, but uh, also great. But when I looked at the metadata, I was confused. It said that it shot this a tack-sharp landscape photo at f1.5. It said it used a shutter speed of one five thousand and something second. And this is in late in the day as the light is diminishing. And it said it shot it at ISO 64. So I'm puzzled. How can I get a nice shot with those settings? And should I be tweaking those settings?
1: Thank you, Tom Knutson, for that question, and we're going to answer it next week on the iPhone Photo Show. In the meantime, this is Scott Bourne, your host, and I have a special, special announcement I'm going to make about next week in just a minute. But first, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to tell you that the wonderful, talented Jefferson Graham is here, as always, to join me. Hello, Jeff. Hi. And the second thing I'm going to do is ask you, is there any news? Um, There is. Uh, According to Macworld, Apple
2: may be having an event in April, which they've been doing most years. It's uh, small potatoes compared to what we see in the fall with the new iPhones uh, and occasionally a new iPad. Macworld thinks there'll be a new iPhone SE, which, of course, is the budget entry-level iPhone and uh, a lot of people really love the SE because of its small size, it's the smallest one with a 4.7 inch screen. What it lacks is photography chops. Uh, it doesn't have the extra lenses uh, or cinematic mode or any of that sort of good stuff. And maybe we'll see that. Maybe we'll see some improved photography in the new SE, which would make a lot of sense since what is Apple selling at this point when they sell us a new iPhone, they're selling photography because you know, they've got a perfect phone. Uh, they've got a, a web browser. I mean, it does all the things that we want it to do. The only thing that they could do to get you to buy a new one is say it's better for your photos. So I would predict improved photography. I don't think they'll have a bigger screen, but definitely maybe a second lens or maybe an improved second lens. What do you think, Scott?
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense because you know, worldwide, that's one of the most popular models because not everybody can afford two thousand dollars for the top of the line thing. Let me just
2: interject that the uh, SE is three ninety nine. Scott pays two thousand dollars for his iPhone, but the the top of the line
1: starts at eleven $1, hundred, and he just gets a lot of storage there, right, Scott? And Apple Care and Washington State sales tax.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Anyway, if you have news for us that you'd like us to read on the show, please send us an email to iphonephotoshow at gmail.com or just put us on your company's press release list if you do stuff related to the iPhone and send it to us regular. Um, Now that we've done the news, we uh, also like to occasionally bring in a guest. And this week is no exception. Jeff has an interview with an Arizona photographer named Kim that has a cool case. Let's listen in on that now.
2: Okay. Thanks, Scott. You know, we get a lot of questions about a great iPhone case and I know exactly who to talk to about that because Kim Tanuville is a photographer based in Arizona and in Washington State, and I met her on a recent photo walk in Flagstaff, Arizona, and she showed me her case, and I was knocked out because it's uh, it's got a case, it's got a room for filters, and she had them all. So, Kim, why don't you tell everybody about this Polar Pro case?
3: Well, thanks for having me, first of all, and um, what I want to say first about the Polar Pro case is that it works with the MagSafe system. So a lot of cases, when you put them on your phone, you can no longer charge your phone with the uh, MagSafe. So uh, if, you're, if you're a Mac user, an Apple user, uh, you know that that MagSafe is something we really um, struggle with because when you put a case on your phone, it just doesn't work anymore. So this one works. And um, I love the Polar Pro filters. I've been using them for um, years with my drone. But when I found out I could get these... Uh, filters for my new iPhone 12 Pro Max, um, I decided to give it a try. The thing I really like about this case is it has a grip that fits on it. So you've got your shutter release right there attached to your case. You've got the filters attached and you've got an array of filters that you can use. They're all high quality. The materials are great. um, And I highly recommend them.
2: How much is the case?
3: Well, it comes as a package and they've got all kinds of bundles, but basically the entry level is about $149. And that includes, um, three filters, uh, the grip, the shutter release, which is wireless and the case, plus a few assorted, uh, tools and things like that.
2: Now, most people generally buy their cases to put an accessory lens on. And I think Apple's kind of Made that irrelevant because they keep adding more lenses, and we don't don't really you don't need a wide angle lens because they gave it to you, and you don't need exactly. a telephoto lens because they gave it to you, and nobody's made a two hundred millimeter or three hundred millimeter lens that's going to fit right. accessory lens. But the filters—that's an interesting thing. Tell tell us about what you're doing with an ND filter, well, in in, in, a, in a machine that's totally automatic, right?
3: Right, exactly. So, um, so the ND filter, basically, when I'm working in Arizona, I'm modifying light because I've got way too much light. And so the ND filters save me because if I want to show any movement in my photos during a daytime shoot, uh, I need to uh, beat down the light. So I need to put a heavy duty pair of sunglasses on this camera. And that's what the ND filter does for me. Um, the uh, variable ND filter that I got, is a VND 3 to 5. So 3 to 5 stops darker than um just no lens, no filter at all. Um it's variable, so you spin you spin the the uh filter on the phone and you get the exact amount of uh, light dampening that you want. So and, I and love the
2: that. and the iPhone algorithm doesn't adjust accordingly. I mean it 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 gives you what you would see on a camera Basically? basically,
3: yeah, yeah. I haven't done a, an exhaustive test on that, but I'm happy with the results.
2: Okay, have, uh, so they have ND filters. They, they probably have a polarizer filter, right? Yes,
3: the CP filter um, is kind of the basic. That's basically what I was looking for was just a CP filter. But when I realized I could have this package at a really good price, I ended up with the circular polarizer, the, ver- the variable ND, three to five. And then I also got this really creative little um, filter that they call mist three to five. Now they have a mist filter, uh, that is a standalone mist filter, but this one combines kind of an ethereal, um, dreamy diffused look with the variable neutral density.
2: Okay, um, Hold it, hold it right there because, Oh, now she's okay. My wife is talking up a storm right outside. So I have to close, close the door. I'll be like that. All right. So on the polarizer, uh, traditionally, I always got richer, bluer skies, is that what you're getting?
3: Absolutely. And um, so when you're working with uh, bright skies, um, when you're on water or snow, it's it's a must have. So, um, so that's what I was looking for in them. When I first was looking at the polar pro filters, I wanted that circular polarizer.
2: Now, we've put a Flipboard magazine together to show off the, the beauty of the iPhone uh, photos that everybody can take. So I'm hoping that you'll contribute some of your photos so, so that people can see some of them. We'd love to. All right. Now, tell everybody before we go about yourself and the type of photography you do.
3: Well, I'm a fine art photographer, but I'm also a commercial photographer. My fine art, uh, my fine art business is, um, uh, you can find my work on kimtenuviel.com. And my commercial work is through a company, my own company called Dragonfly Visual Media and Design. And I do mostly architectural photography and a few other things, um, uh, marketing and advertising, that sort of thing. So uh, that is dragonfly-vmd.com.
2: Okay. And you're also a drone photographer.
3: I am a drone photographer as well. Yeah.
2: Have you flown anywhere fun recently?
3: Oh, let's see. I always love flying around um, Parker Dam. So uh, Parker Dam is on the Colorado River in between Lake Havasu City and Parker, Arizona. And the landscape is, it's beautiful. It's kind of like a moonscape. And then there's this dam right in the middle of everything. And it's blue and red and beautiful and gorgeous. And the sunsets are insane. So if you ever get a chance to see Parker Dam, do.
2: All I just flew around the Pismo Beach Pier.
3: Oh, how nice. How nice. Is that the photograph behind you? No,
2: that's Manhattan Beach. That's a little tilted. But uh, right. I, th- this was um, like two days ago. And yeah. it, it was pretty great. Uh, except it was extremely high tide. And oh, yeah. Like all the way at the, at the entrance to the, to the sand. It was, right. it was all the way down there. So that was pretty crazy. Kim, yeah. tell everybody how to see your work.
3: Um, you can find me on Instagram um, at Kim Tenuvial. And you can also find me online at kimtenuvial.com or dragonfly-vmd.com.
2: Cool. And I look forward to seeing some of your photos in our Flipboard magazine.
3: Very good. Thanks Thanks for for doing
1: this. And back to you, Scott. Sounds like Kim really likes that case, Jeff.
2: She does. And I couldn't take my eyes off it. I met Kim when I was leading a photo walk in Flagstaff, Arizona, and she attended the event. And the first thing I said to her was, What's that case he got there? And we started talking for about 10 minutes. I was just enamored with it and uh,
1: fascinated. So I thought it'd be cool to bring around the show. Well, clearly it, it works for her. Now, I want to say that I went ahead and bought one because I'm an idiot and I buy everything. So I bought the uh, director's kit. And part of the reason I bought it is it's on sale. It's normally $249 for the director's kit. I got it for $149. That gives you the case, the grip. The Bluetooth shutter release and three filters, and I will say it's a nice case. The one thing I do like about it is the bump for the the lenses is protected better on this case than any other case I have seen. So you don't have to worry about the lenses constantly coming into contact with surfaces while it's in this case. The filters come in the coolest nice little filter cases I've ever seen. They, they mount to the uh, thing very nicely, much less fiddly than using the bayonet mounts that I use on some of my other cases. And they um, have a cool, even the filters have a cool lens cap that go over them. So it is a very well thought out, if not expensive system. If you buy everything they sell, Jefferson, which you can't do right now because on their website, their lenses say you know out of stock i don't know if that means they're pre-order back or whatever but if you bought it all it cost you about a grand so it can get expensive fast and very few people probably going to want to do that but i will say the filters are top quality the reason i know that is i have used polar pro filters on my traditional cameras so there's nothing wrong with this choice and the other thing that i like about it is that you can run with this case all day even if you're not doing photography and it still would fit inside of a bigger Beast Grip Pro cage. So there's a lot to like about it. But I'm going to tell you the one thing I don't like about it. And that is the little shutter button, which you have to pay extra for, which is a Bluetooth shutter button. It kind of, you got to wrap your finger kind of all the way around the grip to an unnatural place because they've put a, a flash socket on the top where the, you would think the shutter button would go. So that's, I, I'm not saying I can't get used to it. Um, but I would think that th- that has more value for those who actually want to use this handheld. If you're not going to be doing a lot of handheld stuff, that's a, a waste of money and you probably just want to cage anyway, but they're nice cases.
2: Okay. So the basic gist for buying this case is, uh, for photography, for the lenses, for the ND filter, for the polarizer, and, um, probably less for the shutter button. Tell us about how you use the filters. I'd be really interested
1: in that. Well, if you're doing video, you know, most people who aren't into video have to learn this the hard way I did. <laughs> you know, your shutter speed has to be pretty much fixed. So we in in real video, cinema video, we use a thing called shutter angle, but on that's closest to shutter speed in photography. So you want your frame rate at twenty-four frames per second, that means your shutter speed needs to be double that or 148 or as close as you can get. And that has to stay the way it is. And since we're using iPhones, which have fixed apertures, we're not able to adjust the aperture. So how do we adjust exposure on a bright day? We use a variable ND filter is how we do that. And we dial down the light that's getting to the lens so that we can control what we're doing. So the variable ND is almost you know, it's a, you got to have that. Now, circular polarizer, which they also include in the director's kit, is nice to have if you're doing the old balloon up the sky or want the clouds to bump up or deal with reflections. But variable NDs, if you're going to shoot video on an iPhone, you've got to have a variable ND at some point in time unless you only work indoors.
2: Okay, but let's tell people how you're going to use an ND filter on in a video mode that is automatic. So, is this you can
1: adjust the shutter speed in Filmic Pro app, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. Now again, I should thank you for pointing that out. I don't tend to use the native app very much. I use Filmic Pro. Um, I also use the Moment app. I also use a, a couple other products from Filmic called First light and double take, and in all of these, you can set a specific shutter speed. And and there are other programs out there that let you set a specific shutter speed. And that's what you want to do when you're doing video, because you, like I say, you want a two times your frame rate shutter speed. Now, if you you know, did you watch that movie, The Three Hundred? Did not see it. It's a movie about you know, like the, the the Spartan taking on the bad guys, and there's three hundred of them left. And that particular cinematographer wanted a herky-jerky kind of stuttery movement because of all the battle scenes. So, you know, he deliberately used a very high frame rate. But most of the time, when you look at cinematic frame rates, in the United States, it's 24 frames a second. In Europe, it's 25. So that means you want a shutter speed of about 148th, 150th of a second. And again, we we don't have aperture rings on the iPhone. So, um, you know, you're going to need to adjust with a variable ND.
2: Okay, so it sounds like $150 well spent.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I would recommend this case. I'm not saying I would recommend it over anything else. There are other choices. But, but, Scott, you've got some other cases to tell us about today, do you not? I do, and here's the thing. (laughs) I've already gotten a couple emails. Scott, some of us can't afford that high-dollar stuff. Help us. I got you. I got you. If you want to mount your phone inside a camera cage now let's be clear there's camera cases and camera cages the advantage of a case is that it's like everything else you've ever had on your phone you can stick it in your pocket and not worry about it cages tend to be large and a little more unwieldy and they're used primarily in video they do offer more protection and they allow you to attach more stuff like lights and mics and all that kind of stuff but for 15 bucks jefferson you can get the Ulanzi U Rig Pro smartphone rig. I own one. I use it, and for it's probably for 15 bucks. It's the best solution out there if you need to mount your phone to a tripod, and then you want to mount things like mics or lights. That is an incredible rig, and I'm telling you, 15 bucks. It don't get much cheaper than that.
2: Well, I think that beyond putting the stuff in the description and the show notes, we should also include a picture of some of the
1: stuff in our iPhone photo show magazine on Flipboard. What do you think? That'd be a good idea. Uh, Another case that our audience will be familiar with probably are the the moment cases. They've been around for a while. They have their claim to fame is that they were one of the first people to come up with a bayonet mount and an anamorphic lens. Anamorphic lenses are kind of cool lenses that give you a nice wide you know, you can de-squeeze them and get this cool look. It's sort of a Blade Runner look where you, you kind of want lights coming at you because then they make thin blue or yellow lines across the screen. It's sort of science fiction-y. They, they make some nice cases, but their stuff starts at around 60 bucks. And I have owned several of them. They're not the most durable cases I've ever purchased. They do wear out... Uh, had a couple problems when they first came out with quality they've much much improved uh, and they are very responsive then they've got a whole ecosystem of their th- stuff that works now but here we're starting to get into one of the base problems we find with everything Jefferson and that is the moment case lens you know is designed for the moment case and the polar pro case lens is designed for the polar pro case and the B script when is described for the B script case. So these things aren't necessarily interchangeable, although we are starting to see adapters, but some of them are a little bit kludgy. So do keep in mind that before you make a big investment in, well, I'm going with this system and I'm buying all these filters and all these lenses, be sure you like them because they may not work on your other cases or if you change your phone.
2: Uh, yeah. I've got all these little lenses lying around. I don't
1: even know what they are. You probably have the same thing, right? Well, yeah, and and part of the problem is this. I will say that when Moment first came out with their stuff, I bought it all, and then I didn't use it a lot because what happened was Apple kept improving the quality of the lenses and the the number of lenses and the ability for them to do great work right on the phone. And let's let's face it, one of the allures of being an iPhoneographer is you can pull the thing out of your pocket and snap a picture, and it takes three seconds. If you've got to rig it and, up,
2: that, and when you have a little round lens on it, you can't. Yeah,
1: is, is well, you can, but you look pretty dorky. be like the kid carrying the slide rule in his uh, top pocket at school. <laughs> it 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 does defeat the purpose of the portability to some degree. Now, for you know, some in our audience are like me. We're we're treating these cameras like full on cinema cameras, so. You know, mine sits in the camera case most of the time. I actually haven't just, I've purchased another iPhone that I used to talk on. And the the idea here is if you don't, if you know it's a dedicated rig, you're using it a lot. If you're doing narrative filmmaking, for instance, then these lenses are really valuable to you and they're something you're going to want. I will mention, I have already as a pick of the week talked about the Beast Crip Pro smartphone lens adapter and rig system, which I do like, and it's its strength is that it works with almost any phone. And so it's worked with an iPhone 11. I have a 12 and now the 13 you buy it and you can reuse it and the lens adapter still works and the lenses still work. So if you change phones, that's one that you're not going to have to change the case. Now, if you buy the polar pro case that Kim talked about, you need to buy it for your specific camera. And then next year, if you change, guess what you get to do again?
2: Right. It happens every year. And then the companies are usually slow on coming up with the new cases because uh, Apple doesn't tell them what the shape of the new phone is going to be. So it, it takes them about four months to get it get it together.
1: Yeah, that is, that is a real, real thing. In fact, we don't have a lot of cases to talk about today, Jefferson, because there aren't a lot of dedicated iPhone 13 cases out there yet. Uh, the Moment case for the iPhone 13 just started shipping, I believe, uh, the Polar Broke, Pro case that we're discussing just started shipping. There's a lot of generic cases and these cages that we've mentioned, but when the phone first comes out, you're right, there's this there's this time frame where everybody has to wait for the phone to come, then they got to make their molds, then they got to wait for manufacturing. If they're manufacturing overseas, we know what's going on right now because of the pandemic and supply chain issues. They're waiting on product. So yeah, it, you know, it, it can be an issue. So one of the disadvantages is you got to wait if you want a specific case or cage and you can't use it on any other phone. Now I do want to say that SmallRig, which is another company that's very familiar to the people in our audience that are into pro video because they make all kinds of grip for pro video cameras, makes good cages uh, for most of these cameras Again, though, their iPhone 13 specific cage is not shipping at least on the day that we're recording this podcast.
2: Okay, let me ask you about lenses because you you made a great uh, a great rationale for why you want an ND filter on uh, on your case, and the only way to get it on your on your phone is with a case, but. So many of us bought accessory lenses before Apple started upgrading their lenses. So, you know, you'd buy an accessory lens because you wanted to get closer. You wanted a telephoto. You wanted a super wide. Well, now Apple gives you all that, and that was the whole re- reason for being for companies like Moment. Uh, and you would buy the case so you get the accessory lens. Is there any point buy an accessory lens at this point when Apple basically gives you a 12 to 77 millimeter uh, lens on the iPhone 13 Pro?
1: There's a couple of arguments for it and here they are. I haven't tested it. There's a company from Australia that is in touch with me that makes a 21X optical zoom. (laughs) You know, we uh, recently talked about your wonderful episode of the Photo Walks TV series where you and I went to Bolske Del Apache, which is now on YouTube, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And, and you asked me, when, what can we use a smartphone for here? And I said, for wide shots, birds flying by. But if you want portraits, you're going to have to get a telephoto. Well, it turns out they've got a telephoto. I haven't tested it yet. I'm going to. And it's a 21X. I mean, it's a long... It, again, it's kind of odd because it's a big, long lens. So, But that would be a case. And then narrative filmmakers, people that are not making what you and I do, which are more documentary or, you know, like photography instruction and things like that. I'm doing wildlife documentaries. If you're making a narrative film where you're telling a story, then anamorphic lenses are kind of cool. You see them in a lot of movies, you see them in a lot of science fiction movies. Um, they create a really nice effect. And that, there is a good argument to add an anamorphic lens, especially since real anamorphic lenses on the big cinema cameras cost tens of thousands of dollars. You can buy one from a company like Moment for 150 or I can't remember what it costs, but they're very affordable. And there, there is a case for those specialized deals, but you're right. We, we've talked about it before. Basically, 24 to 70 is roughly the the go-to lens for many photographers. They walk around with a DSLR or a mirrorless camera, and we've got that now on the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max. And so I'd say the need for these lenses, Jefferson, has been reduced and. I wouldn't bet that it gets further reduced because maybe iPhone 15 or 16, we start to see 60 lenses, light field photography, that kind of stuff, where it doesn't really matter. You point your camera in a general direction, 60 lenses, record the image, and then the software helps you pick the thing that you wanted in focus and crops. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that technology is coming, and, and actually there's versions of light field cameras that have been around for a while. I don't doubt for a minute that that kind of thing could happen to the iPhone. But, you know, the three lenses we have now are pretty darn good. And I will say that I have, except for my wildlife stuff, I don't have a whole lot of need to add an additional lens. Now, this is, you know, you and I have a slight disagreement. We've talked about it on the show before. I'm not a big fan for video of the super wide lens. I see it break up a little bit when I go into post. And for that reason, I do use the Beast Grip wide lens, which gives me a sharper picture over that wide field of view i'm told that the polar pro lens does a much better job than that but it's not shipping so i don't know that yet so there you know if you're if you're serious about well i want the very best quality i can get that could be an argument for doing it but for the most part i am so happy with what i'm getting out of this and again looking at what you get out of it I mean, you really opened my eyes when we were together in Bullscape because you are the most minimalist guy I know when it comes to using an iPhone. You throw the thing up on a cheap tripod, sit it there all day, walk away, and you end up with some spectacular footage. So all of these options are valid. You can go all the way to the extreme of Scott Bourne and buy everything they make. Or you can just do what Jeff does, which he pulls it out of his pocket throws it on a small tripod, stands there and turns around and goes, sets up another one. Uh, Sure. I also bring gear sometimes too. I just uh, didn't have a lot of it uh, when we met up. I know you do, but the point is you could pull it off. Look at what you got. People have got to watch this photo walks TV episode from Bosque because I I can testify. You didn't have all that stuff. You stuck the thing on a tripod. In fact, I I continue to see this vision in my mind. (laughs) We were standing there like, oh, dark, 30 in the morning. We were at the pond. We were waiting for the sun to come up. And I turned around and I saw this th- light, this thing that was lit up. And it looked like I didn't know what it was. And it was one of your phones pointed the opposite direction, getting the sunrise on a a time lapse. And you just let it run. And it was 20 yards behind us. <laughs> I'm like, don't do that in San Francisco. But, you know, in Bosca you can get yeah. away with it. <laughs> Yeah, there was
2: only uh, 300 photographers around, but they they had way more expensive stuff than I had.
1: Yeah, and they were all looking the other way. (laughs) So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. no, it really came out good. And, And the stuff that I was able to do when I was particularly careful and really paying attention, it blew me away, Jefferson. So these cases where they come into play as we wrap this up before we get to our picks of the week are they let you mount accessories that's their real value for the most part and you know other than the basic protection kim's favorite case the uh, polar pro does have this nice sort of raised edge that comes up over the lenses and i have to say of all the cases i've seen they do it the best i really like that because one of the tips you and i every every time someone asks us, we say clean the lens, it's going to be a lot less necessary with this because it's just not going to come into contact with anything because of this case. I
2: think you've given us a lot to chew on, and uh, I'm excited to see pictures of all the stuff because we're talking about it, and uh, I know what your beast, beast grip looks like, but I don't know what all the other stuff looks like, so... Uh, again, uh, check out our Flipboard magazine, uh, iPhone Photo Show. You could find it by going to at Photo Walks on Flipboard. And we want you all to uh, share your photos
1: with us. Scott will tell you more about that. Tell them, Scott. I want you to send us an email. You have This is how you get to join the Flipboard magazine. Send, a, send us an email to iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com. Say, I want to join the Flipboard magazine. It's a free invite. We won't ever charge you. You can leave anytime. And then we will hook you up. Now, here's why we want your pictures in there. Because uh, I think next week we will probably announce the first winners from January. We're going to look at some of our favorite pictures. We're going to pick one, Jefferson. And next time we're on the show, well, it might be two weeks from now. But we're gonna, next week or two, we're going to announce the winner in February. I'll put it to you like that. And we're going to give away a Platypod Ultra, brand new, the beautiful beautiful device, which helps you set your iPhone up pretty much anywhere and a nice rain cover. Those are free gifts. We're going to give that away to somebody. And we're going to maybe even talk about one or two honorable mentions. We want to see your best pictures. And if you want a chance to win those prizes, all you have to do is send us that email and post a picture on the Flipboard magazine. Now it doesn't end there. We're going to give away prizes every single month. And The following month, we have more stuff, which we will tell you about later. So come check it out. The other thing that's cool is we're starting to build a community there, Jefferson. And we're starting to see what people can do with these iPhones. And 90% of photography education, and I've been doing photography education for decades, is discovery. It's seeing that something is possible, triggering something in somebody's mind going, Wow, I could do this. It starts by looking at pictures. The old adage, somebody asked Stephen King, how do you become a better writer? He said, read. Well, mm-hmm. the same same thing happens with photography. You want to be a better photographer? You want to be a better video shooter? Then look at, look at lots of pictures, and our Flipboard magazine will be a great place to do that. So we want you to come over there, and we also want to hear your comments, your questions, your concerns, your feedback. Send us that email as well. It's iPhone photo show at gmail.com. We're here every Friday before we leave today though, we're going to do our picks of the week and Jefferson, would you like to go first?
2: Sure. I'm not sure which episode we spoke about, but I said that my favorite uh, iPhone photography app was Adobe Lightroom mobile. I stick with that. It is the best app. It's free. Uh, you can do some amazing stuff on it, but if you want to go a little crazy, My other go-to app is called Snapseed. It's owned by Google. It was invented by the folks at Nick Software years ago when they were trying to do a consumer version of their photo enhancement tools. And uh, if you ever get a shot of a cloudy sky where the clouds are sort of hidden in the background and not really dark, well, you can darken the skies in a big way by clicking the HDR and the drama tool in Snapseed. It's a free app for our friends who are in the Android world. Uh, That is the go-to photo editing app as well uh, on all their phones. And you could either be mild or you could go nuts. Um, I'll put up one of my crazy pictures in our Flipboard magazine so you can see.
1: Uh, It's a lot of
2: fun. And again, it's free.
1: Yeah, free is really good. And I do have it on my phone. I've occasionally played with it. And I know a lot of people. I love it. Well, my pick of the week is, since we talked about cases and camera cages, is something that you can use to connect your case or your camera cage to a tripod, a monopod, a platypod for that matter. And it's the platypod disc. Now, what this really is, Jefferson, is essentially an Arca Swiss compatible camera plate. You screw it onto the bottom of your cage or your case, and then this fits into any kind of Arca Swiss ball head. The Arca Swiss tongue and groove system is legendary amongst, you know, professional photographers. It's starting to make its way into iphonography. It's a great way to secure your camera to a, some sort of stability amount like a tripod the thing i like about the platypod disc is it's 25 bucks and it doesn't require any tools to install almost all of them require you to carry around an allen wrench which everybody loses you just screw this on with your fingers it also has a bubble level built in and it has a stainless steel screw so it's not going to break where a lot of the ones that you can buy on ebay or amazon for 15 or 20 bucks are cheap and plastic and they break It is really well thought out. It's from our friends at Platypod. They are not a sponsor, even though they are giving us stuff to give away, by the way. This is just me talking about something I use and I like. And I've got one of these Platypod discs in just about every one of my bags. And we will have a link to this and Snapseed and all these cases, for the most part, on our show notes, which you can find at iPhonePhotoshow.com. And do us a couple of favors. Would you tell your friends about the show? And please go over to iTunes. Even if you don't listen to us there, just go ahead and and leave a review or click subscribe because that really helps people find the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Next week, here's what we're going to do. Something special, Jefferson. We're going to not do a, a pick of the week. We're not going to do anything other than riff on tips. You and I are going to give our best tips for getting the most out of the iPhone camera and video nonstop for the entire show. And it's going to be fun. It's a special episode coming up next Friday on the iPhone photo show. We hope that you will tune in. We're grateful for you listening and we hope you have a great week. All right. See you next time.